0: brain buster boys are brought to you by visionaries global media your
1: number one source for podcasting entertainment visionaries global media envisioning excellence on a global scale
0: now i look like a deer in the headlights there oh man what a week Mm -hmm. to kind of transition you know from 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 being out of town yeah
1: how was uh how was how was it was
0: it was a lot of fun it was uh you know, very microbrew heavy. You know, like obviously Like I think oh, they yeah. said that it has the most microbrews per capita in the United States, or I, 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 yeah, Wouldn't I forget um, what was the statistic or how they phrased it was microbrews per capita or per square mile or whatever. Because it's not a
1: very no, big no, city either. No, it's not. It, it
0: reminded me of Louisville in that you can. Um, get anywhere kind of in 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and
1: you didn't have to get on the interstate really. It's definitely smaller than Louisville. Um, Yeah. And it's a little more like centrally mm -hmm. compact, like downtown, but yeah, I get that in terms of you can get anywhere pretty quick. Yeah. Just kind of the
0: different areas, but yeah, the downtown, especially how a brewery dense it was. So that was my big takeaway. Also a lot of rooftop
1: bars, um, which are really nice. You know, when it's been a good seven years yeah. since I've been there. So it's probably even changed quite well, a bit na- since then, you know, obviously going through COVID too. So I'd be curious oh, yeah. to go back. And, and now like,
0: you know, well, I, I feel like like a brewery is a good thing to open up during COVID because like you can like make your beer during COVID and like refine it. And then, yeah. you know, sit on exactly. your money maybe get some of that, um, uh, uh, that um, stimulus or that enhanced unemployment if, if you can and then just kaboom. You know, brewery. There yep. you go. But uh, but yeah, you know, kind of a a lot of stuff like that. But rooftop bars, I feel like they're a big thing, you know, or becoming a bigger thing, you know. And I get why, um, but they always all have their yeah. sixteen dollar cocktails and stuff like that, and it's just like, <laughs> okay,
1: what were uh, what were the highlights of the trip? Whether it be favorite bars or breweries, favorite beers, or just things uh, you did.
0: Uh, um I like that wicked weed. A lot, um, you know that that was a whole lot of fun. Um, I went, we went to this thing called a Moog Museum. Dietz and I did. um, well, um well, have you ever heard of the um, synthesizer brand Moog? Like a Moog, the Moog. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's, um, yeah, I think Moog, maybe it's how it's pronounced, Moog or Moog, from that one Daft Punk Moog. song, yeah. the Moog yeah, so, module. Bo- so Bob Moog, one of the pioneers Moog, of the synthesizer, um, moved yeah. to Nashville um yeah he, he moved, moved to Asheville um I think he had a, a residency teaching at UNC Asheville and um he wound up just okay. staying like he and his wife liked it a whole lot so his museum is there and you get you get to go in and <laughs> see sort of the history of how he put it together play with the theremin play with all these sort of old synthesizers and fuck with sound so nice. I mean you know like obviously I really wanted you know I could have been in there all day but I didn't want to the crap out of teeth so you know i did spend my good time there but yeah that was high up there also uh, saw a bear uh in the wild for the first time oh yeah that's right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah, tell us more about that
0: like put this into perspective how like big it was i've been to yellowstone twice i've been to rocky mountain national park twice both of those areas big glacier big grizzly bear country i've been Big bear big country. Bear I've country. been to Glacier National Park once again, Grizzly bear country, and I've been to the UP of Michigan twice, which is big black bear country. Um,
1: and, and you've probably seen the band Grizzly. Oh, I have. Before, I think three or four yet? times. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: LinkedIn, uh somewhere else. I feel
1: like. But any? Oh,
0: Indianapolis opening for Radiohead on the In Rainbows mm-hmm. tour. But rain uh, but yeah, yet to see a bear in the wild uh, until uh, this past Friday. When um, I woke up and I saw um, a mama bear and her three cubs uh, walking up the road about it's hard to tell because it's so hilly. The cabin was about mm-hmm. like two, like 100, 150 feet away from me. You know, I was definitely safe. I was I was on an That's elevated wild. deck and they yeah. kind of weren't really paying any attention to me. But the, the little bears were most definitely wrestling. We were definitely wrestling. You know, like, like what they were doing was <laughs> yeah. wrestling. No other way to describe it. Yeah. Um,
1: Do you see any like DDTs no, or anything? unfortunately I didn't. They hung out. In- <laughs> no sharpshooters? No no sharp sharp shooters. <laughs> no. What a shame. We'll be talking yeah, about those they, uh, later.
0: They hung out in a ditch for a bit. Anyways, we left the next day. And uh, he and I uh, were driving um, down the road, down through the cabin road. And then, you know, we stopped. And there's a full-grown bear that's knocked yeah, over yeah, that's knocked video. over a trash can and is just eating the trash, you know, and of course yeah, doesn't move. It, so we nuts. watched it for like five minutes, just in awe, you know, taking pictures, yeah. you know, just, just, just you know, Googling over it. Um, there was this woman who walked down a hill. Um, I remember seeing her at the corner of my eye, seeing her um, white hat through the trees. And I'm like, oh, my God, she doesn't see this bear coming. I was like, should I yell out bear? I'm like, no, that's going to make it way worse. She comes down the hill and I'm thinking she's going to stop freeze and we're going to have like a full on panic moment, but she just kind of walked right past the bear and the bear paid her no mind. So um, then we just wound That's up great. driving around the bear who kind of backed up, but then he went back to um, the, uh, the trash and continued having breakfast, which made me happy. But, but no, that was, um, that was just, you know, not just a single like trip highlight, but just a all time life highlight because I'd seen moose yeah, elk, um bison will you know we've seen yeah, moose we, a couple have, times. yeah. <laughs> we have yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> but 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 yeah i've yet Woo! to see a, a, a bear in the wild so it was um very uh i was ecstatic to be able to tick that off tick that box
1: yeah um, no and um, i teats posted the video on instagram i saw it i'm like what the <laughs> fuck like that is, is wild, wild. yeah and then, obviously, hearing the story from you the other day. Uh, well, speaking of Cubs, firstly, I've got the Reds Cubs game on, and we're getting smoked twelve to two. Just a beat down. Been to check after winning yeah, I've game usually one, been trying to check in every day. Um, or, or, or yeah, every it's, day. you know they've been playing so well; they're but definitely due to lose. Whenever
0: know? I check in, I just Google Reds,
1: and then yeah, <laughs> you know up. Yeah. Thirteen. To and then speaking of. Speaking of bears that you haven't watched, no the no bears pe- no people show, really man. like it. People really you, like it. Mm-hmm. It's great. But you're aware it's about like an Italian yes, beef store. So I had discovered it not too long ago. There's a place here in I guess it's PRP technically. It's called uh what is it? Something fuck, it's something Chicago yeah. Grill. I can't remember the guy's name, but Anywho, I actually had an Italian beef sandwich for dinner tonight, and it was fantastic. Yeah, oh, wow,
0: that sounds really good. I haven't. I don't know if I've ever had like a yeah. full
1: on one of those. Yeah, sounds- Oh, they're great. It's got like the Giardino peppers, or however you however you say Giordano, that. Yeah, word. something but like that. What is what's the place called? I want to put it over. It's something Chicago Grill. It's a uh, name. Say, what, what, what's Someone's a Chicago oh, something
0: Chicago Grill? Let me see.
1: Yeah, I know there's, there's Chicago's it. Sam's. It's Sam's Chicago Grill, 4501 Cane okay. Run Road here in Louisville, Kentucky. Too.
0: Check them out. Yeah, its name is
1: in all caps on Google. Maps. Oh, yeah. Okay, ooh. And I got a piece of Oreo cheesecake and a piece wow. of strawberry really cheesecake good. in the fridge, too, baby. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I had an Italian beef on the street in Chicago when I was there uh, for Forbidden Door last year. And obviously, that's not something you can just get anywhere. And I love the fucking show and just found this place. Yeah, it's like a mile and a half from my house. And I got it. Wow, yeah. I'll have to go check
0: this thing out. This sounds incredible.
1: Yeah, next time you're over here. Sign me up. um, But yeah, Bears and Cubs. Lions,
0: Tigers, and Bears are mine.
1: Oh, my. Well, let's mm-hmm. do it, eh? Another long-ass call. This one might be I think longer this, than uh, the last one. I, I think the uh, last
0: one? certainly like around five or six minutes, this is our longest non-story um, sure. Yeah. You ready? Let's do
1: it. the Brain Buster Boys episode 114. My name is Brett Jagger along with the bear watcher Beaumont Rand. (laughs) Again, I had nothing. I I read
0: like, you know, like you think I backed myself into this corner. You know, after seeing the bear, you know, I kind of, you know, like whenever I something, you know, piques my interest, whether I see something, you know, I always go down like big, long internet reading holes. So I remember reading about like the noises black bears make, and you think they make like a, you know, like you, like you would see in any sort of movie where a bear attacks, you know, a big majestic roar, but no, a lot of the noises that were described on the Wikipedia article were like, you know, when they feel threatened, they'll click their tongue at you, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Like all these weird kind of different you know it just, sounds, just like how a yeah, just screams, like a goat screams
1: just sounds completely oh, yeah. irrational well, like,
0: for example when i was um at the zoo last there's there's a, a tiger like a bengal tiger and um there was this mm-hmm. little kid who was right on the glass and the tiger was right on the glass and the tiger was just making this uh, like this grindy kind of like groaning <laughs> noise that you would never associate with a tiger. You know, it's not something you can like, yeah. a human can make. You'd be like, oh, yeah, the tiger. You know, the tiger, yeah, the tiger doesn't
1: yeah. go, eh,
0: you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was the sound to make. It was a very unsettling sound. So if that thing were loose and it we're hmm. making that sound, you know, it would, I would easily associate that with, it's going to come kill me. So, oh, mm, no. Exactly.
1: Well, yeah, you heard all about uh, Bo's trip there. I should have meant should have hit up our boy Jacob Grandi. Oh, They're yeah. List. I don't know if he's in Asheville, but I know he's in oh, that like, wow. area. In yeah, yeah. I Carolina. know Tom. Shout out I know to Tom you, dog. Had, had
0: texted me and said
1: he was a big fan of, of the area as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Asheville's tight. Mm-hmm. Need to get back there. Um, but yeah, today we are going to be reviewing. It's SummerSlam week here. Um, we're not going. We had thought about going. It's about six hours up the road in Detroit, but didn't end up working out, but uh, still should be a great show. Uh, so we're going back, turning back the clock, I guess, 29 years, mm-hmm. um, just off the 30th. Um, SummerSlam 1994, a good old hoot of a yes. show. Very much a mixed bag. A lot of good, a lot of bad. It's entertaining. The bad yeah. is at least pretty. Yeah, it's entertaining, Like it's like funny mid-90s bad, so uh, it's always a show I've kind of looked back on fondly, and we've talked, you know, I feel like multiple times in the past couple months about that Bret Hart-Owen Hart-Blue Steel Cage match, so what better time than Summer, Sam- t- yeah, Summer Slam week to dust off mm-hmm. that one, but... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Additionally, we're going to talk uh, just the main event of last week's collision because we had been kind of hitting on that of late with uh, MJF and Adam Cole taking on FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. But before we get into all that, do you uh, got anything else you want to discuss or get off your chest or anything? Not in particular. I think that
0: cold open was very uh, therapeutic
1: in that regard. Mm, Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't really have much. Um, just been enjoying my, enjoyed my yes. Sunday off, uh, you know, watched the Reds de- demolish the Dodgers. Um, and then, yeah, met up with some friends, some coworkers and just had Me a day. Yep. You, you included. And then, yeah, had to do bar inventory last night. So worked like 11 PM to about 5 AM. So been just chilling yeah. all day today and back to work tomorrow. And yeah, uh, SummerSlam 94, I watched most of it today, and yeah, not a bad thing to do when you're just kind of, wasn't really hungover, but just like yeah, tired yeah, and just, you know, kind of yeah. out of it all day, so it was, a brought a yeah, smile to yeah, my yeah, face. Yeah, something that really
0: that's kind of like fun, and you know, this was definitely, I mean, how many matches were on this card, like six or seven or something like that? Probably like yeah. seven, So, yeah, so like, I you think. know, a pretty, like it seemed to kind of skip by, you know, for being a, you know, almost a three-hour thing,
1: there was a lot of like extraneous stuff like around the the Bret Hart Owen Hart feud, all the like Undertaker. No, well, I felt like I needed that too because I had no
0: idea. You know, I was you, like you had prefaced sure. with the Bret Hart Owen Hart, so I got the kind of you know finer points, but the Undertaker thing was you know above me. So I'm I'm glad I watched <laughs> that. Otherwise, that would be
1: completely lost. Had I. uh had i gone in that blind and that was actually they kind of hit they mentioned it like in the the Mm -hmm. video packages and whatnot building up but like that was his first match back since the royal rumble so it was basically like seven months that he had hadn't been seen uh you know obviously they're trotting out that Mm -hmm. fake undertaker but that's kind of what made it even more of a bigger deal is you know it was his first match back and Um, when at the rumble, when I'm sure you saw when he was in the casket and then like the lightning was striking and then he was, you know, kind of like ascending and taught like that was from my knowledge, the first like, you know, supernatural type, like powers we've seen of the undertaker. Now it may have happened prior to that, but I can't pinpoint one prior to the Royal rumble 94, which obviously kind of took his character into a bit of a different direction as well. So,
0: um, but yeah, yeah, no, I thought that was, I mean, all that was a neat spectacle. Um, we'll get into it, though, obviously. <laughs> big, big Ted DiBiase as it was well. Over he, it.
1: I think he's a part of, like, yeah, three different matches yep. or segments. So, yeah. Well, uh, should we just get, like, get through this collision here yep. and then uh, talk about the main event, which is SummerSlam 94 <laughs> today? So, yeah. Um, let's see. I don't have the time on me, but... Anyhow, uh, FTR did indeed retain the AEW World Tag Team Champs over MJF and Adam Cole in another excellent, again, very fun, entertaining, you know, this whatever's going on between MJF and Cole oh, is yeah. working. And based on what kind of happened at the end, it seems like it's not going anywhere anytime soon, which love I love. It, you know, and I think that, uh,
0: I, that has bearing yeah. on them keeping it up. You know, has a lot of influence absolutely, on those and I think
1: they're like sell like that t shirt is still like among the top you know t shirt sales mm-hmm. since it's come out. But yeah, just you just watched it. I know right before this recording, so uh, immediate reactions. What do you think of the match, and you know well, beyond that, what do you think of the post match and kind of what's to come here? With well, this to group? um,
0: kind of um, I guess put it in perspective. I was watching, so I, I'm recording this coming off the heels watching that match. I watched that match coming off the hills of watching the Undertaker versus Undertaker at Summerson because I I, I had to watch the garbage. Hearts and then I um dinner was ready. So I ate dinner and then had to do a little bit of uh, extra um work for one of my other shows. Um and then I finally got to crack into Undertaker versus Undertaker. So I remember watching this, I was like, Oh my god, these guys are just agile. Their bones are made of rubber and their joints yeah. are the most flexible things known to man you know um so the you know it just seemed so much more intense and and sold and and just craftsmanship so like that was just you know really staggering just coming off of that immediately because i don't know if i've ever i've ever done that personally so like you know it took me a minute because i was like whoa like you know i need to kind of just slow down but but no, this was great. I thought this showcased the best of 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 everyone. You know, there was a lot of great moves like um, that pile driver flipperoo with MJF, and was that Cash yeah. or was that Dax? Yeah, yeah, uh, it was one of them. Remember, yeah, I was trying to remember yeah. who that was.
1: Pile driver into the Panama but, Sunrise oh, yeah, or whatever. That, no, yeah. that
0: was really good. Um, and I, then I think um, no, what was, didn't like um, Cole like super kick his head while upside down yeah
1: oh yes yes that was yeah so and and
0: and again like that goes to show just the complementary moveset with mjf and cole you know like that was that's an interesting fusion that like character wise i see like those two working together really well like that that makes sense but uh in ring wise you know like mjf stuff is a lot more cheating and narrative driven whereas cole is a lot more you know kind of just more of a wrestler wrestler you know for lack of a better term but yeah their moveset meshed really well and i thought they you know were you know a very formidable match for ftr i didn't think ftr was going to lose
1: but you know they no i mean it certainly would have been very interesting yeah. if they had but yeah i didn't really but they made you think it might have happened a couple of times like there was some good yeah, near yeah they did falls and it was just
0: end. a good straight up match there wasn't a lot of mjf fuckery
1: or cheating and you know like they held their own you know, they were they were a good much. I mean, and he's been pretty much in pure babyface mode in ring, you know, specifically yep. during this feud. And like we said last week, you know, slapping hands with the fans when he's coming down, which is certainly yeah, not, not, something not throwing he's never gum done. in a
0: baby's eye, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Telling people to shut up and calling them yep. fat, you know. Um, and not only that, the ultimate babyface move at the very end, taking the bullet yep. for Cole. You know, he blocked the shatter machine and then took it himself. And he... MJF gets pinned, which that was very surprising yeah. as well. You know, you rarely see a world champ get pinned in a non-title match, let alone MJF, who doesn't wrestle very often and yeah, never when loses. Last, when was the last time he took a recently. pin? Was it
0: against um, Wardlow or CM Punk or something? That's what yeah. I was
1: thinking, yeah. Wardlow, which so would have been, I think it was double match. or nothing of 2020-2022. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't think of another yeah. one since then, so... Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, you know, could that potentially set up Dax for a title shot at some point, you know, obviously when a world champ gets pinned, that's typically how that works, but you know we'll see about that. <clears throat> um, but beyond that, I mean, they certainly teased a breakup here with, you know, MJF like in tears, yeah. crying, you know, upset with himself. It was my fault that we lost. I cost us the match. You know, he picks up the AEW World Championship kind of nefariously. The camera work here was great, you mm-hmm. know, with Cole with his back to him. And you see MJF, in the, you know, mm-hmm. behind him. And Cole just, like, puts his arms out and he's like, just do it. I mm-hmm. know it's coming. And he throws the belt down and they hug yep. and they well, live and another like day. That
0: whole process, I mean, the way they had the camera, they had it right on Cole. And you can see MJF in the back thinking he was going to do it. And even after he threw it down, I thought – you know because i looked down at the um timer on sling and i was like okay there's still uh-huh. like a minute left like there's still, t- like I, I thought maybe when he hugged
1: I, him mjf would like knee him in the nuts or, or, or something yeah, yeah addy had like just walked in the house kind of as it was ending and i'm like it ain't over till they show that aew yeah. logo you know because it did kind of linger yeah. you, you're right i was thinking the same thing like we're not out yeah. of the woods yeah entirely we're not. Here, and there were multiple
0: but... attempts but then whenever his music came on you know, I was like, okay, yep. then we're going Excalibur. Kind of came back and took us out. So, so yeah, you know, yep. like definitely uh, enjoyed that. Yeah, lingering long uh, moment moment of tension there. It definitely had me, and I definitely didn't entirely believe it at first. But, but yeah, great moment. Yeah, great moment.
1: Yeah, and I don't know because I think it it was either I nah, I think it was on Dynamite where they showed like an interview from the previous week after MJF and Cole had won. And MJF did promise Cole a world title shot. So just like as friends, you know, because we kind of talked last week, like how does Cole end up getting that shot? Like, does he turn on MJF first? Does MJF turn on him? Well, it's given via friendship, you know, for lack of a better term. So that, again, kind of even fuels this a little more that they're still on the same page, He promised him a world title shot already. That tells me a turn may not be happening soon. You know, it's going to happen at some point for one of these guys, you know, and we talked about how Cole would definitely be the more Mm -hmm. interesting one. But as this continues to go on and on, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, You know, it ain't bloodline shit, but it's definitely new and intriguing and exciting. And they're really, you know, trying to tell a story here. You know, you still got Roderick Strong lingering in the background as well, because you know the 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 line between mm-hmm. he and Cole keeps getting further yep. and further apart. But Cole, that's why I think Cole is going to be the one to turn because he keeps telling Roddy like You got to trust me. You got to trust me." But again, he keeps getting pulled further and further in that other direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's and I don't think that,
0: you know, like I said, they're already you know, like this MGF Cole team is already babyface as hell. So. They're not going to like it, and it's going to be a very interesting thing if it is Cole who turns on him, because that would like be like as hard of a babyface as we've ever seen MJF in terms of positioning. You know, because he had the babyface run, you know, kind of in his build up to the championship. Whenever he had those amazing promos, those world class promos, but yeah, which
1: that was really just like a
0: week yeah, here, it, or a week there, not right. like any. And those, consistency and, and, and those like were just promos. Now. It wasn't like who's winning, who's losing, who's doing Correct. what. In a match, yeah, he was still always a yeah, heel in the ring versus like action. So yeah. that would be kind of a whole different level that that he hadn't been at before. No, I mean I think he's always at the center of their most interesting stories, and you know this is this is definitely definitely a good one. You know, I'm kind of ho- wondering if it's going to be a all in slash out resolution. Um
1: Hopefully, yeah. I think that's probably where the title match will happen. You know, maybe. Again, I don't know which one it'll be. Maybe they're in a tag match it all in and then do the world title match it all out. I don't know. But yeah, this is definitely going to be, you know, one of, if not the biggest angle stories they have going for the next probably few months, right. I would yeah. think.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me.
1: But yeah, and then also interesting, FTR, you know, definitely because of the the popularity of MJF and Cole, we're definitely the they heels were. in this match. And we're getting booed. You know, for the first time in yeah. over a year, you know that I can think, I I can't think of another time in AEW where they and it wasn't like they were getting vociferous. Yeah, it was booed, just it was you know, it was like sort of the, time, the but, um,
0: uh, consummate booze, you know that that come with. Them. Yeah, just like we still like you, but we like these other guys yeah, did, a lot did, more right now. Did they get of booed with CM Punk whenever they fought with him after he came back?
1: No? I didn't watch. Remember, because I was just too yeah. butthurt after mm-hmm. that first. <laughs> <laughs> that it was because it was that first show where they wrestled, um, and then maybe mm-hmm. before I don't know, I'm sure maybe they got booed just by like, by, by, yeah, yeah, boot, yeah, boo by proxy, proxy.
0: Yeah. probably booed, more so, booed, you know, directly they were towards booed punk. adjacent. Yes, uh, yes, I got it, yes, I got it, yes. Yes. and I also, also saw that, punk um, has, um, has like a um, NWO X or whatever, you know, NWO. Spray painted on the world title oh, yeah. he did
1: so, thing on it. That's something I guess yeah. we should talk about as well. I know you only watched this. Yeah, net, I saw but that yes. it happened and I looked you, it up. I was like, what the hell is he that? He came out know? remember he came out in that first promo with the big red bag and you know, everyone figured it was his world title that he never lost. So he finally pulls it out and it obviously was. And yeah, he fucking spray painted the X on it. Which, you know, he always wore like X's on his tape on his hands. So that's all, and that's like kind of the symbol for Mm -hmm. being straight edge, you know. Um, I've got mixed feelings about it. Um, You know, again, I'm not nearly as anti punk as I was when he first came back. I saw this coming, so I think I'm less upset about it. But like MJF certainly going to have fucking something to say. You know, that's what kind of made me a. He's obviously embroiled in this thing with Adam Cole and everything, so like now wasn't necessarily the time for him oh. to address it. But still, it's like that's kind of fucking yeah. piss him off, kayfabe oh. and non-kayfabe, oh, for sure. you know. So, Oops. <laughs> my bad. I uh, was like, why have I, I left mean, this off the whole time? <laughs> doesn't matter. Probably won't yeah, use it anyway. Did. But, um, uh, so yeah, he'll be wrestling Ricky Starks. You know, since Starks beat him both in the Owen Car- Owen Hart Cup final and in a six man tag, which is interesting because Starks has kind of been a little more heely, you know, in those wins. But then also CM Punk's kind of been a heel doing this shit. So we'll be interesting to see kind of how the reactions lie in that match. I think it is this Saturday, if I'm cool. not mistaken. But yeah, they're just calling it the Real World Championship. Yeah, yeah so, that, I
0: looked it up. And I I googled it, and it, there was some New Japan thing called that, and I
1: was like, "Oh, that's not right." So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, a really? New Japan. That must have been an old, an older t- obviously before yeah. I started watching. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's no, pretty that's tight. kind of funny. I guess maybe it's not copyright or something. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see. Kind of, you know, if that becomes like a fully sanctioned title or if it's kind of more like the ftw title where uh-huh. it's not but it's still kind of defended but i don't know you know who knows what the future looks like you know obviously wwe's had you know two world titles now for they have a three very long time well <laughs> yeah so like if this is a hard brand split you know it wouldn't surprise me to have two but just i just don't like that mjf you know, he's, he's got a right to be pissed off. Yeah, about and this, had, and and just, just, the timing just doesn't really yeah, line up through
0: CM Punk. And yeah.
1: So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. A score
0: needs to be settled for sure.
1: So it wouldn't shock me one bit if, you know, maybe it's full gear or whatever that they do like merge the titles. And I would get, ugh, I don't even want to jump mm-hmm. that far ahead. We do know MJF's contract is up at the end of this year. So that's another thing, you know, obviously he has outwardly spoken on television and in interviews about the bidding war of 2024 and not being shy about bringing up Triple H and, you know, his, you know, desire to potentially go to WWE. So who knows, you know, if if they keep that belt on him, you know, he ain't going anywhere. This we're not going to have a fucking Montreal (laughs) screw job situation on our hands, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be intriguing here, uh, kind of as we rant, get get towards the the latter part of the year here in AEW. But do you got uh any any thoughts on Punk Starks? Any just general thoughts on the MJF Cole stuff, and anything you want to see happen or think no, may um, happen?
0: I think it's all really interesting. You know, I'm kind of hoping it's MJF Cole, um, at one of the upcoming pay per views. You know, I just want to kind of See this thing heat up and see where it goes. It's it's definitely uh, one of their more fascinating pure story angles they've had uh in, in the past year.
1: Absolutely. All right, yeah, good stuff there. Um do we want to um, do a Manscaped? Um, so A&E. also um
0: we have a new um rep. But uh but yeah, Kenny Sullivan.
1: Kenny Sullivan. I wish Kevin it was Sullivan Kevin Sullivan which is the the Taskmaster, remember, from... I think it was that Halloween Havoc we did with Rogue, and I did, Sullivan, Oh, my son, from the Dungeon of Doom. So there's also, in Louisville, there's a commercial real estate agent named Kevin Sullivan. And, like, when I first saw it, and the building was, like, an old, (laughs) decrepit building, and I sent it to Rogue, and I'm like, is this the Dungeon (laughs) of Doom? And then, like anytime I see a Kevin Sullivan sign, I always set Sullivan. Them up. But today we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. Hmm. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's platinum package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at Manscaped.com. And use our code BBB for 20% off plus free free shipping. What an internal rhyme
0: that introduction has. (laughs) It's it's, It's about time for that rhyme. Um, to chime oh, It was pretty yeah, sublime yeah, it really chimed. Um, But let me tell you what really shines uh, The Manscaped Platinum Package mm. 4.0 Is the one stop shop for the man who deserves it all They designed this package to allow you To fully align your entire hygiene routine With elite products Inside this Platinum Package You'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trevor The classic Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the good old Shed Travel Bag for good measure uh, to hold your goods while mm. traveling. I do have to say, um, of, of their body wash, um, there's um, two kinds. There's the Persevere and the Refine. Um, I think it's the Refine, uh, which is the blue one. Um, that has the blue labels on it and I'm a big fan of that one I know that I don't yeah, think I've had that one I think well, I've ne- had time, the other one next um, time we, we get product or if you want to get some from you should definitely try the, the blue kind I think it's the, the uh, Persever- it, I don't know if it's the Persevere or the Refinementer but yeah the blue one is really good um, uh, anywho the lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2 1 Shampoo and Conditioner. With that body wash, get the blue one. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. And don't forget to apply their aluminum free Ultra Premium deodorant for that cologne quality. Scent on the go. Another internal rhyme. Platinum Package 4.0 covers all bases from head to toe. <coughs> and hair to ball and hair to ball pro jeez tremendous we got yeah, yeah.
1: yeah and I'll just I'll just add I've been using the beard hedger yeah. a heck of a lot recently it's a heck of a trimmer you don't have to switch blades all you do is just change the number setting real nice but get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com what is it 20% off free shipping manscaped.com using the code what BBB Use the platinum package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Is that a dig at Shelton Benjamin? Be. Your balls will thank you. Yeah, his nickname oh, was the yeah. gold standard. I don't know. He might have something yeah, yeah. to say yeah. about
0: that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, you're regular Emily Dickinson, I got to say. <laughs> your balls get, will thank Get the you. blue body wash. It, it is. It does smell really good. But yeah, no, it was one of the things where I was like, I need some new body wash and I'll put my manscaped money to it. So I bought the blue stuff, but the blue stuff has like a very nice, distinct smell.
1: Get the blue body yes. wash. Okay. WWF SummerSlam 1994 live from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, also at the site of Forbidden Door 1 last year uh 23 000 in attendance it says here that's interesting. brand new yeah um, yeah that is they true kept saying it yeah, hammering yeah, yeah. it home they sure did they sure did uh like we kind of said in the open this is a, a show i've always you know kind of enjoyed just digging back and watching there's some couple you know one specifically really good match and another very strong match and then there's some dog shit there's some hijinks um So yeah, just a just a fun time. But yeah, what was uh, just kind of your impressions on the show here in general, which, you know, we're a couple years removed from kind of 1992, which we've watched a lot of in the past, we did watch the SummerSlam 92 match, you know, with Bret Hart and British Bulldog, which they referenced in Wembley Stadium. I couldn't remember, did we watch the Bret Hart Owen Hart WrestleMania match or no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, we, okay. we we've seen I, him I in Austin's
0: think... WrestleMania match. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did we watch the Razor Ramon Sean Michaels yes, ladder match? I believe we did. Yeah. Okay. So that's also that and Bret Owen in a WrestleMania 10, which was like five Yeah, no, I remember seeing, seeing months months it referenced on some know. of the the promo stuff, but no, yeah. I
0: think like So just for yeah, context I'm, for you. I yeah. Think, but yeah. Yeah, there's the a lot down. more just weird shit in this because like 92 was just a lot more <laughs> yeah. I mean the weirdest it got was like the snake, you know, and all that. In this yeah. you had supernatural stuff, you had urns with light shooting out of it. You had um <laughs> Leslie Nielsen and who was the other guy?
1: George, George Kennedy, Kennedy, who I think was also in had, the Naked yeah, Gun. Yeah, the two guys
0: from the Naked Gun. Um yeah, just kind of running around. Yeah, Walter, Walter Payton. Payton. Yeah, you just had kind of a lot of a lot, you know, hijinks is a good, a good way to put it. But it wasn't just sort of all, like, one brand of it wacky. There was, like, again, the Undertaker stuff was very supernatural. The The Naked Gun stuff actually was kind of funny in a dry way that, like, you know, that <laughs> yeah. age WWF is not at all. Um, and I don't think, like, kids, you know, like, like that's something that's not for kids. Like, kids, I don't think we're watching the Naked Gun. You know, I think, yeah, they're no. like rated R comedy. <laughs> no. So, you know, that's something for adults. Yeah. So. You almost kind of see like a little bit of that, you know, pivot starting to happen to a more like maybe not entirely adult, but teenage kind of audience, you know, where, you know, you have the the stuff with The Undertaker, you know, naked gun stuff that kids that's going to fly over kids heads. I mean, I guess the jokes they're going to get, you know, and maybe they'll laugh at them. But but, yeah, you know, kind of um, a, a, a pivot toward that that darker supernatural uh stuff um with you know some token wackiness kind of in between
1: yeah and it, you know again we've talked a lot about 92 kind of being the last of that golden age so to speak and then 93 really kicking off this new generation which was actually referenced right off the bat with a uh, good old yep. macho man randy savage the show starts with just his music no introduction he comes out with a microphone. Oh yeah, it's the new generation, baby! Yeah, yeah. Just he's just basically and, and, he, and he's basically all like nonsense, the host,
0: to the isn't crowd. he? Yeah, yeah. They, Correct. Do they ever yeah. have a host for SummerSlam usually, or is this just kind of a one-time? Sometimes they usually have it know, for WrestleMania. Like the,
1: yeah, I think they've maybe done it, but in this, you know, it wasn't really like an official thing. He just kind of kicked off the show, and then they would like cut to him, you know, a couple other times throughout. But yeah, it was weird. He he this was definitely towards the tail end of his WWF career um he popped up in WCW in 95 but yeah um kind of the last couple years he did he ended up doing like more commentary mm-hmm. than wrestling i don't know if he just had like some injury shit but he wrestled definitely a little more infrequently and you know was on commentary a little more but <laughs> Go yeah ahead. he oh no, no you, you mentioned
0: you WWF it. i got to get this in So, I watch things with the closed captions. I know they're your mortal enemies, you know. Um, (laughs) But, um, anywho, um, this is what I caught on closed captions. So, every time they said WWF, the closed captions said WWE. Anytime they said World Wrestling Federation, (laughs) it said
1: world Wrestling, yeah so it blew my mind
0: because like that's tight clearly like they they wouldn't have to do that unless that the that whole um copyright ruling with the world wildlife foundation extended over to stenography into captions because you know yeah. of course they couldn't it would be weird to edit out someone saying federation to entertainment but like did they have to like you know actually go in and be like no you have to say entertainment here you
1: can't use so it yeah. it's interesting interesting that it is captioned but no they did have to do that shit like i remember when i bought like the royal rumble dvd box sets when those first came out like i was probably like a junior in high school the like the logos like anytime you'd see a wwf logo the f part was like blurred out so it was just like a w like on the turnbuckles they'd be like blurred out and then like anytime anyone would say wwf they would blur out blur out the f wow so yeah like it was a thing like on their dvds whoa um i don't know by the time you're like, editing that video that was yeah. so bad i mean hopefully it got paid yeah I don't, it, you know, it, but, I don't remember if it yeah i don't remember if it still happened like when the wwe network became a thing i don't think so i think it was more on just like dvd releases but yeah that was a thing but interesting that it's at on the closed captions as well because you know that's just very bizarre, yeah. but yeah, fucking World Wildlife yeah. yeah. Fund or Federation, I guess or whatever the, it is, got Vince by the yeah, balls. I guess in
0: the Peacock Age they let them say Federation, and we and like of course we've watched plenty of yeah. it to you know that the WWF logo is there. But yeah, like yeah. closed captioning, that's the battleground, you know. So yeah, <laughs> so anywho, yeah, sorry, I just had to say that because I noticed that early on. And no, like,
1: what? Yeah, that's interesting. So our opening match is our first sight of old Ted DiBiase here. Uh, we have his million-dollar corporation team of Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS, Irwin R. Scheister, defeating the Head Shrinkers, Samu and Fatu, along with Afa and Captain Lou yes. Albano by disqualification in 7 minutes 20 seconds. Mario. So, <laughs> <laughs> <You've heard> the- <laughs> yeah, I was going to... No no I was
0: going to say ahead. you have heard the bit um where he did the PSA where he told kids he was like kids don't do drugs you'll go to hell then you die. <laughs> that was what <laughs> I have to play it for you sometime it's really funny. I think he does it as Mario. I I don't know if I've the, seen you know that. where he in the Mario Super Show he plays that real janky looking Mario. Um yeah he does a drugs yeah. PSA like you know like the, the same that was on a lot of 90s cartoons, but anyhow,
1: so you were familiar with Captain oh, yeah, Lou Albano, yeah, you, you already. know, the Mario okay. rap, the
0: brothers, the brothers hooked Dom, the bro, yeah, 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 he he kind of like does like a he doesn't do the rap, but he and the live yeah. action Luigi like do a little dance.
1: I think yeah. I knew that, but definitely didn't remember that. That's yeah. hilarious. So, also, the head shrinkers are part of the Annoy family, mm-hmm. the bloodline, Reigns, Usa, so uh fatu is rikishi who is the father of the really? Usos, oh. and okay. afa is roman reigns uncle um he was a tag team with sika who was roman reigns dad back in the day so yeah this is all that same family um but yeah not really too much to this match you know it was kind of fun sure. for what it was a lot of bullshit a lot of bullshit you know a lot of ted dibiase kind of fucking around and you know bam bam distracting the ref a lot and captain lou albano getting involved you know ends in a a ridiculous dq for no apparent reason but yeah you know whatever it wasn't a bad match but it wasn't great yeah i mean it
0: was kind of a tone setter for the show really because it was there was a lot of hijinks and stuff and the wrestling wasn't great but there was still a lot around happening to make it entertaining and fun to follow and for there to be enough of a story to kind of
1: get, get in there's a know. lot of chaos just throughout this whole yeah. show like in the scope mm-hmm. of the matches and outside yeah. of the matches there's a lot of moving yeah. parts all mm-hmm. the time yep no i think that's a great way of putting it <laughs> a lot yeah. of a lot of managers or people interfering on the outside mm-hmm. throughout a lot of chicanery mm-hmm. and yeah you're right this match had all of that and not a clean finish. Um which I think the rest of the match is or whether clean or not, it wasn't the TQ. Yeah. But yeah. Uh any thoughts on old Bam Bam Bigelow and
0: IRS? <laughs> no, that's a like that's a pretty fun I forgot about IRS too
1: for a little bit. I mean he was a He's also the father of Bray father of Bray Wyatt. Oh wow. Jeez. Yes, a lot sir. of
0: you know Nipo like um nepo babies or <laughs> nepo dads you yeah know, kind of, or that nepo family line wow it's kind of fun to see that because i knew of the what what roman reigns's family they're called aren't they called like the anai family annoy yeah
1: annoy it's a A-N oh. n like apostrophe oh gotcha. yeah. something. but like
0: yeah it. so i knew of that one but i didn't know bray why it was a legacy dude but
1: oh yeah yeah irs, IRS baby yeah. He also was VK Wall Street in WCW oh, wow. after this. Geez, so he was so he was just but, a
0: money collecting guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. 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 But I assume you'd oh, heard of oh, Bam big Yeah, bam of Bigelow, course I right. Heard of right? bam Bigelow. Yeah. yeah. He's like a very I don't know, he seems very like golden. When age. he was in that movie, he was in he was in major yeah, yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think we I think this is the <laughs> first bam bam match we've watched in full, right? It might I think yeah, it might
1: be. I think it is. Yeah. He also was in New Japan in like the late '80s, early '90s, and had some good shit there. Like he's always kind of known as one of the more like agile big dudes back in that yeah. day. Uh, very underrated wrestler overall, I think Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. was. So, yeah, not too much else to say here, I don't think. Um, then I think it was after this match we got our first glimpse into old uh, Leslie Nielsen, who's hot on the trail of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, just very, very cheesy, but like you said, kind of funny, you know, he's like, he's, uh, pestered by the security and, you know, he's like, you know who I am. And then he thinks he sees the undertaker and it's this George Kennedy and they say they're both on the case. And then it cuts down, and they're standing on some sort of, you know, like case yeah. of some like an equipment yeah. case. So, yeah, and that and so. kind of comes back, you know, just sort of very. Yeah, so very cheesy, but like you said, it's fun. You know, I it's like something the... different here, and you know, clearly they're trying to get some celebrity. Oh, sure, and, and that's going a good one here, to get. So. I like
0: Leslie Nelson. I've
1: loved. Oh yeah, and those oh, movies yeah, are, are great. Lee and I watched. Lee and I watched all three. Um, yeah. Shut up, Ross. Like, <laughs> over sassy Probably, probably, like, last yeah, year and, and a half, watched and, and, the first three. An airplane's they were one of the
0: funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. So, oh, you know, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah.
1: Leslie Nielsen mm-hmm. rules. So, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. fun stuff. Then we have, I prefaced this to you, probably one of the best WWF women's matches of the 90s, which, again, isn't saying a whole lot. Uh, but this was obvious, you know that ho- the whole decade, and really even as we get into like the mid, you know, early to mid two thousands, we've talked, you know, not a very serious yeah. presentation for women's wrestling, not much, just time or opportunity offered. But this yeah, match ruled. Like the- um, obviously, I- I'd seen it a few times, but it's been a bit since I've seen it. Um, but yeah, we have a lundra Blaze. Uh, defend or retain her women's championship against Bull Nakano uh, from Japan with Luna Vashan in eight minutes, 20 seconds. So, yeah, didn't even get 10 minutes, but yeah. hell of a match. Um, you know, Bull Nakano's a beast. Um, she's definitely one of the most well known, you know, 90s wrestlers in Japan that kind of paved the way, you know, for all the great things the women are doing over there today um she's got a you know an amazing look for sure she's intimidating although i did notice like her hair it kind of looked it like did a no yeah it, it was very yeah, it did look like a dunce cap a very cone
0: head yeah yeah i'm sure there was like weird yeah. wiring in it. i bet that thing sucked to wrestle on because i bet it was not joe bet it had to be yeah. like pippy long stocking you know wiring
1: yeah but she's got a great look um you know obviously has yeah. the the loon luna vachon with her Um, And Alundra Blaze, you know, was pretty much the standard bearer for, you know, WWF women's division in the early to mid 90s. Uh, She actually ended Mm -hmm. up leaving as the champ and went to WCW and threw the title in the garbage on TV. This was kind of like the start of, you know, the the Monday Night Wars and all of that. Um, She was Medusa in WCW, so... But anyway, all that's to say, I thought this yep. match fucking ruled. There were a lot of big moves, there were a lot of yep. good near falls, but uh yeah, just yeah, great Yeah, no, stuff I
0: agree. Here. You know, and I think one of the virtues of it is they actually just let them wrestle. You know, it wasn't about accompanying mm-hmm. some male wrestler or sex appeal or being like a damsel or or any of those sort of classic tropes that you see a lot of like a lot of the early like 90s WWE like women stuff like just kind of fall back on. And, you know, sex appeal, that being kind of more of the attitude era's wheelhouse. But, um, but no, I thought, you know, this was a, just an actual match, you know, like, yeah. And, yeah. and they made the most of their opportunity. It was, it was hard hitting, you know, it was tough. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, beast. definitely. Like definitely a lot. Yeah.
1: And I was going to say power moves and she had that like submission hold. I don't, don't know what it's called, but she had like a lot of the limbs and was just, it's almost like a stretch muffler yeah. of sorts. Just kind of like pulling back on, you know, a couple of the arms and one of the legs. Uh, But, you know, Bull Nakano certainly was, you know, on offense for, I mean, it was only eight minutes, but probably the first half plus of the match. And then Alundra, you know, kind of had some nice flurries of offense, some good near falls. I got there was a big power bomb by Bull Nakano. And then again, she's not a small woman, goes up to the top rope for a big leg drop and misses, and then Alundra Blaze hits an immediate German suplex for the win. But, again, yeah. great action, and, yeah, something something you would see on yeah, you know, one that, of Yeah, that, that's what I was about shares. to say.
0: Yeah, you know, like that, out of any of the matches on this card, was the most modern-seeming one, you yeah. know, or the most Absolutely. contemporary with, with, with today. You know, it, it, was, it, it was just exciting. You know, it was, you know, just well-contested. I mean, you know, yeah, definitely probably – in ring the most memorable like if we're going to consider this you know compare this among the if you recall stuff that we've done from this era Mm -hmm. and all the stuff we've watched you know like the best you know one of the best yeah hell yeah
1: yes sir i've watched Uh, um next Mm -hmm. yeah and then next is we have Reza ramon with walter payton Defeating Diesel with Shawn Michaels in 15 minutes, 12 seconds to become a two time Intercontinental Champion. Um, this was very 90s to its core, but this was a ton of fun. The crowd was very much into this and very much on the side mm-hmm. of Razor. Again, tons of interference here, tons of bullshit, but it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, the crowd was very much engaged. This was a lot about. You know, showcasing yeah. Shawn Michaels, frankly, even though he was on the outs, like his star was rapidly rising yeah. at this time. I um, oh, forgot to mention real quick at the outset of the show um, that Diesel and Sean had actually just captured the tag mm. team titles yeah. off the yeah. head shrinkers. So that first match actually was originally going to be a tag title match, but they dropped the belts to Sean and Diesel. Diesel, a two-time champ coming in here. Obviously, Sean, you know, had been yeah. an Intercontinental Champ so, before. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so so, so I
0: saw that they showed that promo of them taking it off the head shrinkers, of, um, and so yeah. they, it showed them holding the belts. And then when Walter Payton came out with um, Scott or Razor Ramon, I was like, "Is he? Is yeah. this going to be a tag match?" Because <laughs> that's originally what I thought. <laughs> but, but then tight. they're like, "Oh, the Intercontinental Champion." I'm like, ah. But yeah, for a second yeah. there, I was like, "Is this going to be a tag match with
1: Walter Payton?" I bet Walter oh, Payton i sure could he could. In the yeah. Ring. I mean, was this <laughs> What do you think of oh, his shirt? Yeah. That Razor yeah. Ramon shirt, oozing yeah, machismo. And his son was mm. wearing the same one after yeah. the match, no, too. It was great. Um but yeah, again, like I said, tons of hijinks here, but very entertaining stuff, I think, largely because the crowd was so into it, because the Intercontinental title was a big deal at this time. And you know, obviously. All of these guys, Walter Payton included, are big Mm -hmm. fucking stars. Um, We certainly know what becomes of Razor and Diesel, you know, starting the whole, you know, Outsiders, NWO, everything, of course. And then Sean, you know, becomes one of the biggest stars here. So this is kind of all of them on the precipice of like superstardom, Mm -hmm. truly. Um, Diesel actually. You know, he wins the world title before Sean. So the next WrestleMania 11 this next year is Sean versus Diesel for the yeah. heavyweight title. Um, and then the following year is when Sean finally wins it yeah. over Bret Hart um, in the yeah. Iron Man match. So, yeah, what would you think yeah, of this one this overall? One was,
0: you know, pretty uh, like a pretty solid entry in it. You know, just kind of a lot of fun, especially with Shawn Michaels in that goofy like zebra flamboyant male stripper outfit <laughs> you yeah. had going on. Yeah, yep. you know, just
1: he's just hooting and hollering. He is, the whole he fucking is match. like, you know, <laughs> just yeah, just a whole <laughs> little
0: ball of energy. And I think, you know, this kind yeah. of similar to the first match just had enough going on around it. I mean, I feel like Scott Hall or I keep calling um Razor Ramon, yeah, you yeah, yeah. A and and, name, and oh, I'll just so call them okay. Scott Hall and <laughs> Kevin Nash are, you know, um, yeah, probably better wrestlers than you know any of the guys who are, you know, in that first match. Um, just generally overall. So, you know, kind of the in ring product between them was better. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one was fun in in that similar, just sort of zany, all kinds of shit going on, uh, capacity.
1: And again, I think the energy Mm -hmm. of the crowd just brought it up another level. Cause I mean, I feel like I heard like screams from women in the crowd Mm -hmm. (laughs) during this match. Um, but, yeah, fun stuff overall. And we know, so I mentioned that ladder match between Sean and Razor was at the mm-hmm. WrestleMania prior. So they clearly have tons of history. They end up going at it in another ladder match the following SummerSlam in 95. Not quite as good, but really? still damn good. So a lot of history between all these guys here. And then, and you, then got you got Walter, Walter Payton. Payton who's, which, yeah. uh, and you had Jerry the King just talking oh, shit yeah. about yeah, Jerry Walter. the King was, King was talking mad shit, too. And then... <laughs> You know, and he would call yeah. always
0: call Vince McMahon. It's always here to see Vince have his announcer voice. It's so just phony yeah. sounding. Yeah. Oh, is. absolutely.
1: Yeah. He was such a bad yeah. announcer, but, like, it's just the nostalgia part mm-hmm. of it. Like, I some people, like, can't really listen to it. I think it's just funny, you know. Sometimes play, I forget it's, it's him. But, yeah.
0: I forget it's him a whole yeah. I think it's just sort of a generic guy. And then, you know, like, you know. Well, that's kind yeah. of how he is in the booth. Yeah, you know? so like, yeah, I mean, like, it definitely has that effect. If he was going for it, he nailed it.
1: <coughs> okay, yeah. So then we get old Todd Pettengill backstage, which he was just, he was basically yep. the mean gene of, you know, the new generation era. I'm a Todd Pettengill guy. Was mean, I mean think gene he's in hilarious.
0: WCW at this point. Okay
1: yeah yeah he left i think in nine like right around Uh when hogan left you know like late 93 but yeah Mm pettingill's got his slicked back hair and his earrings he's all fired up about Razor ramon winning the intercontinental title but he's here with the two combatants in our next match american-made lex luger and the native american tatanka and he's got a poll question (laughs) for, (laughs) which gets driven home about a million times here did Lex Luger sell out to the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase? Well, fifty-four percent of America thinks so; forty-six not. Tatanka no. sure thinks so because he can't shut mm. up about it. Lex, you sold out. You sold out, and he shows all these video clips of times when there was fishy activity with the Million Dollar Man. Um, what do you think? Do you think Lex? Luger I don't know. I
0: think out? I'm just going to be a bit of a little contrarian and be like, no, he didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Native American. So guy. this
1: was, this was
0: very. very oh yeah. silly. I, I, very I think this, like you know, it's sort of the point where I think it's like the silliness kind of like becomes a bit excessive. It, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. still
1: laughing, but more so because yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Bad. Like yeah, this, this is bad. Yeah, bad. you know,
0: for the rest of it. I think there were there's like <laughs> redeeming. Parts like just sort of peppered throughout it, and this is. Just, but I still yeah, got chuckles
1: yeah. out of it because it mm-hmm. was so bad. And Tatanka's, you know, he's not a good talker, and just I bet he said you sold out yeah. fifty times. Um, and in the end, it's Tatanka that sells out. Um, after he gets the roll-up win, DiBiase comes in with a bag of money. Luger hits it out of his hands, and then Tatanka attacks him. And I put even more more viciously than at any oh, point yeah. during the match because the match mm-hmm. kind of stunk. But he really did turn it on on this attack. Um, and, yeah, so it is Tatanka ultimately who is the one who sells yeah. out here. You know, it's at yeah, least some yeah, intrigue yeah, yeah, here. Well, but, yeah, well, I still well, thought the match was pretty yeah, weak overall. It, but at least this was kind yeah, of no, interesting. I, I remember the
0: promo and the after the match. But, yeah, the match in and of itself was very forgettable, you know, I thought. But, yeah, Absolutely. just kind of the – the stuff and the, and the overacting and the hamming, you know, from, from, from Tatanka yep. and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at least sort of like the Ted DiBiase angle makes it, you know, like it's a very, you know, obvious switcheroo. But it's still it's
1: just still funny, I guess, in a very blunt way. <laughs> yeah, match only went six minutes, four yeah. seconds. Um, and yeah, as they're walking back, DiBiase's like, you know what? I think you ought to give him a little more. And Tatanka goes back in the ring and yep. starts beating him up again, puts him in the million dollar dream and shoves a hundred dollar bill wow. down his mouth. So that was tight. And again, Ted DiBiase making waves oh, on yeah. this show. This is his second, you know, kind of big appearance. And here. had he just been involved in He's the three shows or the TV show, you know, whatever
0: was building up to this? Was he just all the story? Yeah, about? I mean, you saw yeah.
1: all the clips. You know, Um, he he definitely because he had transitioned to being a manager, you know, not too long. I think he stopped wrestling in 93. So this was definitely a new role for him. And he's fucking great at it. I mean, the guy's always been dripping with charisma. The character work was always top notch. So, yeah, kudos to the million dollar man. And too bad your son's a dick (laughs) in prison. Um then we had Gorilla Monsoon manning the phones in the back, talking about God knows what. And then we have our boy, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, ain't he great? Take on Mabel with Oscar by his side. Is that was that the uh, robot? Uh, Oscar I don't know. Or? I think
0: it was uh, not the Grouch Oscar. Um, not um, my grandpa had an in the ground pool, and he had like a robot, or like not a robot, but a little like automatic vacuum. <laughs> That for some reason we called Oscar. Oscar. I realized that when I was no sitting shit. in a hot
1: tub um, this, this past <laughs> week. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. funny. Well, in this case, Oscar is just Mabel's mm. hype man saying, wave your hands in the air and whoop. There well, it and, and everybody so, yeah, was waving was part- their hands. Yeah, it was, it was very yeah, highly yeah. participated, but yeah. Mabel was part of a tag team called Men on a Mission. His partner was Mo. You did not see Mo here, but you did get to see Mabel. Uh, Mabel did the double J strut at one point, you know, you which did. was actually yeah. pretty funny. This was fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, this wasn't a good match, but for what it was, it worked. Jeff Jarrett gets the win in five fifty seven. Um, you know. Again, this is big man versus little guy. Jeff Jarrett kind of just being yeah. a prick, doing anything he can to get the W, um, which he does end up after Mabel goes for like a big splash. She misses it, and Jarrett just gets the the sneaky roll up pin. But what do you think of uh, just Jeff Jarrett's outfit and just the entrance and just the gaudiness yeah, of everything? Go- well, it, it, that's on. very
0: nineties. They had that very nineties teal that 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 that. that. Like teal and like yeah, lime green. Yeah, that, that, that you don't see anytime now. That just sort of, it's, you know, you, you don't even see it at like, you know, gray, or things where there's a lot of neon, like EDM stuff. It's just kind of very like, eh, you know, very clashy colors. But I mean, it just also reminded me a lot of him now because he always wears those like whites and reds. And, you know, even though those aren't yeah. like neon, it just kind of like, I can just see it,
1: you know, like a lot of what. What about his light up glasses? <laughs> <laughs> And his brightly color is like, it was like a shimmering. Yeah. Hat yeah, sorts. yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, he had a really had good had outfit. And then on. Mabel was just like all Los Angeles
0: Laker, like purple, yeah. you know, it was just like a big loose, like not super tight fitting purple unitard or whatever he was wearing. Um, Didn't he like bump him with his belly at one point or just no sell, like yeah. just five moves in a row, you know, just some classic oh, like yeah. Omos shit. But, uh,
1: what would you think of Knuckleball Schwartz? <laughs> I totally yeah, forgot about yeah. that shit. Yeah, so you see a guy. I can't remember. Yeah. If, I think he just had his face painted Oh, yeah, like a yeah, yeah. And he, had, and he had a sign that said, I'm on strike, because obviously this is when the Major League Baseball strike yeah. was going on. And in that was his character? Because
0: for a second I thought, I was like, well, is that just a one-off joke
1: because of the baseball strike? Or is that so like a character I don't, that
0: they've had? I'm, okay. Okay. I don't
1: know, because I don't remember Knuckleball Schwartz at all. So that was a very – it just gave me a laugh. And it was only like a five-second thing. They showed him in the crowd. McMahon addressed it on commentary, and then yeah. that was yeah, that. Yeah, no, for but- I did think. Yeah. That was yeah. No, funny. I know. I thought like for me, I was
0: like, is that just like a one off thing? Like just there just
1: to be a. Why don't you Google? Why don't you Google Knuckleball Schwartz? Here OK, I'm pretty sure so, that so was the it's name. a guy
0: named Steve Lombardi, who is known as the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, the Brooklyn yes. Brawler. And yeah,
1: yeah. it uh, was. Who's like one of the most famed jobbers of all time. Okay. Yeah, it must yeah. have just been a very, very short. Yeah, it was a very thing.
0: short-lived thing because he did it on uh, the July sixteenth episode of Raw when he came out as a new wrestler named Abe Knuckleball Shorts. Um, yeah, yeah. Shorts. So it yeah, was shorts, which he, Knuckleball. Yeah, on shorts. the August fifteenth, he did that. Um, doesn't say he did it at SummerSlam, but but by God, he did it. by God, yeah, he, he did sure it. did. We so, um, remember it. Yeah, we saw it, but um, but yeah, um, no, it was a uh, it was, like I said, this was just another geeky little match. I wonder if Omas is inspired by Mabel.
1: <laughs> Looks up to it. I him. hope so. So then we have the tale of the Hart brothers here, which is excellent. Um, like I mentioned earlier, they had the match at Re- WrestleMania earlier this year, which they showed highlights of with Owen getting a very, very surprising and clean win over brett in the opener and then brett wins winds up winning the world title in the main event of that mm-hmm. same show over yokozuna with owen hart kind of coming down with brett celebrating with all the baby faces and Owen's fucking yeah. pissed um he ends up winning the king of the ring with the help of jim the anvil neidhart to earn this title shot here but You know, kind of goes over even before that when Owen and Brett were tagging together and they failed to win the tag titles and Owen famously kicked his leg out of his leg in a promo. He's like, I kicked your leg (laughs) out of your leg, like a famous kind of screw up. Um, But this was amazing stuff. I know I told you before, like that Brett Owen match was one I grew up on and watched over and over and over and being, you know, the little brother in a scenario Um, I was always a big Owen Hart guy, and was very always loved watching that match, and still counted as probably one of my top twenty-five matches of all time. But we lead to this epic cage match, and I did make a note that when they showed the highlights of Owen Hart winning the King of the Ring, who was who was there? Good old he was, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You caught that, but um, but yeah, a lot of storylines here, obviously. You know we have the Hart family in attendance. We go up to Vince goes up to the Hart parents at ringside, and uh, Helen Hart says it's a fever that's possessed Owen, and hopefully he'll get <laughs> over it. And then Stu's like, "The best wrestler will win. The best wrestler will walk out <laughs> of." You can tell he's having yeah. a rough time. <laughs> like Stu Hart's no, not in great no. shape here, yeah. but God love him. Um, And then the King starts just yelling at the parents. He's like, you drove Mm -hmm. Owen to this. And then uh, he goes and, you know, talks to Bruce Hart and then Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who's clearly against Mm -hmm. everyone. Oh, and British Bulldog Mm -hmm. first. He's like, you beat Brett two years ago, but now he's Mm -hmm. on Brett's side. So a family feud simmering here, of course. Um, and then we have Brett cutting the promo in the back, which is one of the best Brett Hart promos of like this era. Cause you know, he's one of the best wrestlers mm-hmm. ever, but his promo work kind of gotten better yeah. as, as with age, you know, once we got into like 97, he was awesome. But this, this one stood out to me. I mean, it was just a good, strong babyface yeah. promo. Um, he's got strep throat, which he's like, that's gonna oh, really, no he, had, he had strep throat during the match. They meant they mentioned it in the interview. Whoa. I would think it's real, but who knows? Uh, but he's like, "I'm better than Owen. I was always better than Owen." Mm-hmm. Talks about it being a dog fight. They're caged animals. Everyone wants to see it the to end. I'm gonna beat you, brother. And I hope when it's all said and done with it, yeah. you can live with it. So, great stuff there to kind of set the table mm-hmm. here um i noted that brett gave his sunglasses to like an actual yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's like a little kid but it was an actual baby like a three-month-old baby it's like okay thanks um but yeah here we go brett hart defeats owen hart in a steel cage match in 32 minutes did they they give
0: singles matches that kind of length back then
1: Not often, often, no. Like, this is definitely a very long match for this time. um, And a very unique match. So, you know, obviously we've watched cage matches before, but and maybe we've seen a couple in the past that were like this escape the cage type. You know, these days it's more pinfalls. Sometimes it'll be pin or escape. But this one was just straight up. First one to escape the cage wins. So it definitely is a completely different type yeah. of match. Oh, yeah the, yeah. the way,
0: like, the tension kind of w- would build an apex. Because, like,
1: yeah. one thing... I... Complete... Because it's yeah. no near falls, you know? It's all right. just... And, and one thing I out. thought
0: was... And I want, I'm i curious if this is the last time they did it, but, like, how the ref
1: would unlock the cage whenever they were close and open the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that that kind of remained a thing for a bit, which, again, it's kind of unique. And, like, you'd sometimes get someone on the outside, like, take out that ref and then start controlling the door. So, But, yeah, it's a a unique thing. But, yeah, so this was a match that um, was given five stars by Dave Meltzer, which at the time was a huge deal because it wasn't until probably, like, until NXT started popping off, like, 13, 14, that he'd only had, like, six WWF matches at five stars ever. And this was one of them. Granted, I think it's probably more like four and three quarters, but I get it. I liked the first match better, which he had at four and three quarters. That's a no brainer five for me. Anyway, I just wanted to like, just for context, like this match was a Mm -hmm. big fucking deal. and was very well received at the time. But yeah, overall, uh, you know, obviously, like I was saying, a different type of match, like you said, tension building in a completely different way than you're mm-hmm. used to. What'd you yeah, think? Yeah, you know, bad I thought boy?
0: like there was a repetitive nature to it that I thought like, and I, and I mean that in a good way because like you know like there'd be times where Owen Hart would would attempt to escape the cage and he'd do it like five times in a row. And then there'd be times where Bret Hart would be climbing up the cage and then he'd get his foot grabbed. And there was like kind of just just a sense of repetition in the beginning. And then, you know, they started doing like a lot of moves, um, you know, like a lot like Mm -hmm. from the top of the cage and stuff, which like reminded me of like, you know, like it seemed like whenever – the undertaker through mankind off the top of that so that's like a watershed moment right you know pretty pretty big mm-hmm. hardcore attitude era. this shit is crazy moment but i thought this also had those you know but it didn't have like that sort of singular thing you know in the context of that yeah. era but this had a lot of just moves from really high up there you know one where owen hart knocks brett hart off and i fi- figured this wasn't planned but he just right in his nuts just hits the um the <laughs> rope yeah and like,
1: yeah, there are yep. just some
0: really, really brutal moves. The
1: big superplex big towards superplex, the end yeah. when like Owen was like outside of the cage like and Brett like in. grabbed yeah. him bring all the way back in and over mm. the cage. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing and then, for um, sure. Then it kind of got but down yeah. to sort of the, oh, the
0: sharpshooter and stuff at the end. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. flowed the way it needed to. You know, like I said, there was a lot of a lot of repetition, but I think that repetition really contributed to the building of the tension rather than making it boring.
1: Oh yeah. And Bret Hart, one of the best in ring storytellers of all time. I mean, there's a reason he's one of my favorites. Yeah. The guy's just fucking unbelievable. And Owen too, like, Oh, I mean, God, God rest his soul. If he's, you know, if he didn't pass away, I'm sure he probably would have gone on and, you know, been a bigger star because he always had it in him, but just never could really break Mm -hmm. through you know, never won the world title outside of this match. Like he may have had a couple other shots at it, but he was never really kind of pushed to that upper echelon. But like in ring, the guy was amazing. You know, he's a pretty solid promo. And like everything you would heard is that he was just the funniest dude and always pranking people yeah. backstage. But love both these guys, of course. But yeah, you, you, there was some repetition, but, it, you know, it, it was a little different. I I have some notes here like, you had um, like the first time when it ha- mm-hmm. and it happened, like you said, it Owen initially he's just yeah, trying yeah. to get out, get out, get out do anything he yeah, can to anything, yeah, which is like out. the
0: logical and thing you the- would do, like 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 yeah, in a real ex- life version exactly. of this versus like a versus exactly, a theatrical which I version love. of this, you know, which I got theatrical,
1: but you at had the, the end, first, you, know? you had the first moment when the ref opened the door and he like lunges for it and then he's just getting pulled back and he's like ah mm-hmm. like screaming, and then there's times where he's like it's more owen you know kind of getting closer which makes more sense like when he's like he'll be like dangling yeah. and then Bret hart will literally grab mm-hmm. his head and like rip his head over the cage um then there is the time when both of them first it was brett like had half of his body out and like his hands mm-hmm. could touch the floor but your feet have to touch the floor to win and then it was owen with his like whole body out but the feet not out um but, yeah, just they had some unique kind of ways mm-hmm. to get around that. Um, one time, Owen jumped and grabbed Brett Singlet to pull him back in. Because, again, there were several times when someone would, like, get over that hump. But then something, you know, they'd find a way to rip him back over. Um, but we had, I mentioned that superplex. And then shortly after that, Owen hit the first sharpshooter. And then the genius Brett Hart is, you can't put the master of the sharpshooter yeah. in a sharpshooter. He reverses it into one of his own. Owen's tapping out, but of course that doesn't matter in a match like this. Um, then they, but yeah, they have that both where they're both kind of over and they both fall from very high down to the mm-hmm. floor, and then they both are kind of on the outside of the cage. Brett bonks Owen's head against the cage. He jumps, yeah. hits the ground for uh-huh. the W. But that certainly is not all. Um, Jim the Anvil Nightheart quickly comes in and he, oh yeah, he hammers both British Bulldog mm-hmm. and diana Wow. <laughs> like clotheslined him over mm-hmm. the guardrail. He comes in the cage and has a chain, and then he's really fucking struggling mm-hmm. to get it locked. Um, yeah. The other Hart brothers and Br- British Bulldog are coming in. Um, so they're kind of keeping them at bay, and Owen's beating the shit out, or Anvil's beating the shit out of Brett, and Owen's kind of keeping the rest out. And I noted that the king is like, This is the greatest thing I've ever seen, McMahon, because <laughs> he just yeah. hates bret Hart and loves Owen. Um, but Bulldog finally does get in, everyone oh. else skedaddles, but, um, yeah, overall, just impressions of the match. Uh, what'd you think? This, this format, I know you kind of already mm-hmm. talked through it a good bit, but, uh, yeah How'd you, you know was...
0: kind of like you know it kind of had that sort of realistic angle in the beginning um but yeah like i said the the the, the repetition lent itself to to just the building intention because there was just so many times whether it be escaping or, or climbing on top of the cage and someone would grab their foot you know that just kind of happened yep. so much um that it just sort of slowly built toward yeah ultimately they're up there and then now they're fighting on the top of the cage and then they're Throwing each other off the top of the cage. And, you know, it, it, yeah.
1: And they both tried to escape yeah. so many times that that ending could really right. yeah, come it, it came came at, Yeah, it could have came in at
0: any point. And you could always tell that they weren't clear, you know, because like they would climb up and then, like, you know, one of them would be, you know, down on the mat, just sort of selling it. Then the last minute, they would always pop up, come back up there, you know, and it was always yeah. like right at the last minute, you know. So, like, you kind of this match sort of like prime sort of the way it was flowing that you had to wait for that like big seminal moment. So like, you know, we hadn't gotten to like their big moves. We haven't gotten to like sharpshooter yet. So kind of when we started getting there, Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, so, you know, a lot of those, like I said, that, that, that repetition really served to kind of like methodically build tension and just kind of communicate to you. Like we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And then kind of when you were there, Mm -hmm. you
1: knew. Well, and then lastly, what did you think of the blue cage? I know we talked about it a good amount prior to this. You'd seen pictures, but just it seeing cool. it in action. It, Thoughts it was on cool. I cage. mean, you know, it kind of yeah.
0: wasn't a distraction. You know, I, I honestly think it was kind of maybe like like whenever it's filmed through the diamond mesh cage, and I know they have cameras inside of it now. It's hard just to kind of see with that, mm-hmm. with that uh, diamond grid. <laughs> Yeah, but this was a little bit easier to see from afar because they didn't really have cameras like inside the ring on the posts and stuff like that
1: but the holes are big and you can see so
0: and they lend themselves to climbing better than putting your fingers and also it's easy to like pull that like diamond mesh wiring like off you know because it's just tied Uh on there versus this where it was sort of just built i guess you know kind of kind of up like that so so no i thought it was unique um, I think it'd be cool if they kind of – I don't know. I'm sure they would never go back to something like that. Um, but it would be tight. It would be tight if they did it for one, like match. one
1: match. You know, like old blue – because, yeah, it's definitely it nostalgic. Is. You know, they'd probably stop doing it. Before the first Hell in a Cell, I think. I don't think they ever brought the Blue Cage back after that, which that would have been October of 97. So there's probably a list out there of all the Blue Cage matches, but this is definitely the best of them for sure. Okay. And then there's a a hilarious uh, Survivor Series commercial Uh (laughs) that it ended with because it was Thanksgiving Eve, and it said, we'll provide the stuffing. And the squash, mm. as it shows Yokozuna like <laughs> sitting on someone, that thought was that was funny. And then speaking of funny, so we're in the like the pre-match promo mm. for the Undertaker versus the Undertaker, and they like show all these like professions <laughs> yeah. of people. Like they first start in like a butcher shop. He's like. Man, you'll never believe who came in here the other day. It was The Undertaker. And then it's like a preschool and a little girl saying she saw The Undertaker. And then some firemen. And then a jewelry store. And then it's Ted DiBiase. So, again, like I mentioned, The Undertaker had not been seen since the Royal Rumble, which was January. So seven months Did he really get hurt?
0: Or was it like kayfabe hurt? Nobody knows.
1: I, I honestly yeah. don't know. I mean, it could have been or it just could have mm-hmm. been, And eh, take yep. some time off. But obviously, Ted DiBiase claimed to have seen The Undertaker because he's got a new Undertaker. Um, <clears throat> another part of the build I fucking loved was Paul Bear screaming in the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he had to go back to the place where he met The Undertaker, and he's just, like, screaming mm-hmm. in the cemetery. Um, but, yeah, I just – I have – Big show for Ted mm-hmm, DiBiase, for sure. fucking Paul Bear busts out that giant yeah, which is really cool. and yeah, there's light flying from it, um, and both Paul and DiBiase are having some great reactions there, and yeah, we finally see The Undertaker, yeah. and, and, and The Undertaker defeats The Undertaker in nine minutes, ten seconds in a match that oh, frankly yeah. sucked. And. and- um, but the buildup was funny. I, I will and, say this you know, about the buildup. The ahead. Undertaker
0: music got on my nerves cause they played it for like six minutes. It was just that, 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 <laughs> ju- that just sort of droning, like sort of ele- um, elegaic um, organ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh,
1: speaking of which not to jump back, well, to jump back, totally forgot to even bring up the diesel, the, the diesel mall. music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and another thing, another note I had about this too
0: was, um, so the real Undertaker had purple gloves on, whereas the, the, the fake one had yeah. black. So this reminded me of in old fighting games, um, whenever you and your um, opponent would pick the same character, like um, there would always be like an alternate color where they'd be alter- wearing alternate clothes yeah. and it would always be really subtle. You know, like for yeah. Ryu, the famous ninja from Street Fighter. He always wore mm-hmm. white and red. And if you picked the other one, it would be like yep. a white and a blue headband that he would have yep yeah I um, that. but yeah this, this reminded me of that with the purple and the black gloves just that really subtle little touch um which i yep. thought was just kind of funny and you know the the heart match was sort of similar too because i think owen hart's stuff was a little bit more black than pink but they were both wearing black and pink so it was kind of a yep. you know a, a mirror match if you will and you know two people that are i mean brothers in this case and then supposedly mirrors of each other in this case i mean <laughs> yeah the match was just kind of whatever the the spectacle in front of it was cool and paul bear was really was really selling things and ted DiBiase was being cool and that uh i mean it actually had me guessing when he pulled out the urn i kind of wondered i'm like is he going to like throw some ashes out and then they're going to turn <laughs> yeah like what i, I kind of thought he here? might throw some ashes out they'll turn the lights off and then the undertaker like appears like he's thrown the ashes out and now he's you know through some strange magic come back um but no it's kind of that
1: crazy sort of strobe light thing going on uh, which was also cool yeah. um when they wheeled out the casket too which you know that was a nice callback considering the last time we saw him he was mm-hmm. in the casket and then the supernatural powers yeah. lifted him from that so there but, was some continuity there but
0: i oh, sorry did they Go ever ahead. say who the other undertaker was have the, has WWE ever, ever said who it was?
1: I mean, we it's a guy who ended up becoming Chains as oh, part really? of the Disciples okay. of Apocalypse. But, like, in storyline, no. Kate, babe, no. And honestly, I don't even know if, like, I think this yeah. might have been it. You know, I think this was just, like, this one angle building to this yeah. one match. If there was anything else with the other Undertaker after this, uh-huh. it was minimal, so. But, yeah, like I said, the match itself stunk. You know, you brought it up perfectly earlier like the dichotomy of that and then watching mjf and cole against fdr because not only did the match suck the crowd kinda was not really, really and i'm sure it. people
0: were like with that little like fighting game just kind of purple thing i mean just kind of confused because the spectacle kind of blows the load <laughs> early on and you know they, they kind of went well,
1: also to yeah. follow that bret hart owen hart like the fact that this was the main event was yeah, a well, bad yeah. call you know because like the Bret Hart like uh, that hit yeah. such highs and then like this match sucked, you know. Again, it was all in the build. Like the Undertaker entrance and everything, like that yeah, got the fans excited. Was, but like once the action started, it well, was just slow. Well, and boring. there's nothing telling you that the other that
0: the false Undertaker was going to win. Like he didn't have a weapon, no, he didn't have anything. Like not if, if at they all. had some sort of a, a tweak or, or a gimmick that like would make you think that the false undertaker has like an advantage or something, then mm-hmm. then maybe it would be more compelling. But no, it just was sort of a um um crowning kind of moment for him now that he now that he's back. And no yeah. stakes, no, care, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah after the spectacle kind of you you sort of knew it was kinda of all downhill from that. And like, you know, especially like with the the supernatural weirdness, all that happened and then, you know, at least from my end, I could just see that there were two different men standing in the ring wearing
1: the same clothes. And
0: I'm like, all right.
1: yep, Yep. Yeah. And again, Brett and Owen absolutely should have main event, especially with the way that ended too, you know, like you had all the post-match stuff and it ended on a high note. You could have sent the fans home happy. But yeah, this just kind of ends the show on a again. Undertaker wins. He's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so Mm -hmm. dull in getting to that, and the crowd just had no energy Mm -hmm. left, and this match did nothing to bring it out of them. So, so a weird way to end a weird show. But again, a very fun, entertaining show overall. With you know one great, great match, and then another. You know, I'd say damn solid match. The Intercontinental Title. And then just like we said, some bullshit chicanery, some yeah. fun, some celebrities. It, it was fun it, and uh, not
0: in like a t-tit way fun. It was fun in like a, I don't know, like I, I was, I, I was entertained. Like I would have had fun being there at this show. I know I would have. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Well, do we quickly, I kind of forgot about it. We could have done it earlier, but do we want to do some quick SummerSlam predictions for sure, this let Sunday? Let me pull
0: up the Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. I've, I'm pulling it up myself. All right, I got, got eight Yeah, we'll just start from the top here on Wikipedia. We've got Cody versus Brock, which somehow is still just a singles match. I thought they were definitely. I haven't watched Raw last night, but it still just says singles match, but uh I mean, I'm taking Cody here. Yeah, yeah I'm you taking are Cody well. here.
0: Like like this feud needs to kind of piece out and that's the only way it will. I feel
1: like Yep so there they did just release a big cody documentary yeah i T-Dock saw that that yeah. a lot of yeah that a lot of people are talking highly of so i'm definitely going to cool. check that out at some point next we've got a rematch from the last show seth rollins versus finn Balor. you know a little more intrigue here with priest you know having the money in the bank for a full month um you know this is the build has still mm-hmm. been pretty good but uh I don't know. I, that's the thing. It's a big show. It's SummerSlam. You know, could we see a cash-in? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if Seth was not the champion at the end of this show. But I'll let you kind of make your – I guess first give me the winner of the match, and then do you think Priest will yeah, cash I,
0: in? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that, that's what's going to happen. I think Seth's going to win the match um, because of Priest, and then Priest is going to cash in on him. And then lead them.
1: Do you think? Priest yeah, wins? I do think he wins. Damn. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. say that too. I really do. I think they've got something up their sleeve here. And then that it can kind of further... Well, not the, Judgment Day is all on the same page again, but like if you have Priest now as the world champ, that certainly changes the dynamic. And you've got Dominic as the NXT North American mm-hmm. champ, which I don't know if you knew that. He won that. Yeah,
0: against, yeah I, did, you know? I did see that. So they are
1: yeah. clearly, clearly continuing to put a lot of focus mm-hmm. on the Judgment Day. You know, it's essentially... Obviously, it's not that level, but it's kind of the the bloodline A storyline of Raw these days. They're kind of mixed up into everything, and I'm really digging it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think we're going to see some fuckery here. Um, And, yeah, I think Damian Priest as well will walk out of here as the world Mm -hmm. champ. Yes. Should be good. And we've got a triple threat for the women's championship. Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair. Asuka's the champ. Let's go Asuka.
0: I mean, I I feel like I'd be surprised if she dropped her belt that that quickly, especially against those two, unless they want to be boring. Yeah,
1: I'm going to pick Asuka, too. We're probably going to end up making all the same picks here. But, yeah, I'm with you. I just think, you know, she hasn't had it that long. You know, it's a big match, obviously. Charlotte and Bianca, you know, two of the bigger women stars in the company. You know, Charlotte. Has kind of been off and on for a while. So hopefully she'll be ready to mm-hmm. tune it up. But yeah, I'm going with Asuka as well. We've got Roman versus Jey Uso in the tribal comic. So what does that match, mean? Which I think is, I think it's just another way of saying okay. Nikki. <laughs> but there may be like various like Samoan or tribal type weapons. I don't know. But um, yeah. It should be. Yeah, great. it should be I great. Mean, obviously, yeah. this is kind of the next chapter in this story. Um, yeah. Here you you got. know,
0: it's probably going to be Roman, but I know. Um, so we don't have the same picks unless you were going to pick J. So, um, I'm, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm yeah, yeah Roman, I'll, I'll, but there have been whispers with the strike going on for actors and writers that The Rock could potentially make an appearance here potentially help Jay Uso win to become the real tribal chief i'm just saying there's rumors out there but i'm still picking yeah no i mean that's here. the room but I'll, i will i will gladly be wrong and pick Jay Uso here hell yeah yeah but again this is gonna be i'm sure it'll be great i'm sure there will be plenty of drama you know plenty of not, not necessarily outside interference but things going on outside mm-hmm. that are happening here you know, will we see Jimmy Uso, who's been out ever since he got taken out? I'm guessing we'll see Solo in some capacity. And yeah, will we see The Rock? Will we see Rikishi, the father of the Usos, maybe, who I just mentioned earlier, who was Fatu and the Head Shrinkers? Like, could we haven't seen him at all as a part of this, but he certainly could, you know, make his way into this storyline as well. So, should be very intriguing. Uh, next. We've got Ricochet versus Logan Paul. This one should be very interesting. Who oh, you got let's go here? Logan
0: Paul. I mean, you know, I think uh, I think this is. I mean, he needs sort of like a big pay per view solo win, you know. And I think this is this is it.
1: I was kind of thinking Logan, but since we're all we're mm-hmm. kind of on the same page, I'll take Ricochet here because I think this could go yeah. either way, and. Uh, while Logan could use a big win, I think Ricochet could use a bigger win even more. And obviously, he's you know the full time guy here. A loss for Logan Paul isn't going to hurt yeah. him. So, but I think this should be awesome. I think they're going to be going at a fast pace. You know, this story's gotten pretty personal. Um, I know Logan was saying something about um, his fiance Samantha Irvin, who's the ring announcer for Raw. So bringing her in. And, you know, calling him unprofessional after the SummerSlam match. So, I think there'll be a lot of, a lot of heat here and should be yeah. pretty damn good. Then we've got another match that should be pretty damn good. We've got Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship.
0: Drew time. Drew time. too. <sighs>
1: No, Instead I'm going to stick with Gunther here, but I think this could very well go mm-hmm. either way. He is, here, let me pull it up. I know he's close to breaking the record for the Intercontinental Championship, which is why I'm going to lean towards yeah. Gunther here. However, I would not be shocked one bit if yeah. Drew won. I mean, he's deserved so much better yeah. and for And do so they long. need, like, two big <laughs>
0: record breakers like this and Roman going on at the same time to, like, really underscore, like, how good that is, like, that WWE is, the thing, is right yeah. now. I don't think they need that. I don't think you really need to um, tout that. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking true.
1: So, the record is honky-tonk, oh, man. Oh, yeah. 450, 454 yeah. days, and Gunther is at 418. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again. I think this could go either way. I wouldn't be shocked to see Drew win. It would be a big moment for him, but I'm sticking with the ring general. Okay, let me get my wick. Oh, I lost the wick. What's the next match? Yes, do you I have do. It is
0: um, an MMA rules match with Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler.
1: Who you got? I'm going to go um, Shayna just because I you know, I don't know if Ronda going to be here much longer and... Yeah. I, I'm going to yeah, yeah, oh, wow. pick the
0: verses. Yeah. Oh, wow. The verses. No, but point. yeah, I'll go with Shayna for, the, for that same reason.
1: But the fact that it's MMA rules and they are both have an MMA background should hopefully make this interesting. Will they do it? You know, for, will will they do it in an but, octagon? Yeah. I doubt it. Um, We'll see, though. You know, I don't know. Maybe they will have something. Because didn't they? They did that with, like, the Hager Uh, and uh, Mm -hmm. Wardlow thing. Yeah. So maybe they will. But I think that at least gives it another level of intrigue for something that I really don't care too much about. All right. What's left? There's only, what, one or two more? Uh, There's one more. There's the SummerSlam Battle Royal
0: um, featuring, um, as of today, we have L.A. Knight, Sheamus, Tommaso Ciampa, Shinsuke Nakamura, Otis and Chad Gable. Um, so those are com- confirmed as of today, which I guess there may be more you hear about.
1: Oh, I'm sure yeah, there will And it's be a more, TBC
0: and... man. So that means I guess there'll be just kind of random people in there maybe, or just kind of sudden entrance
1: or. I mean, this feels like it's got LA yeah. Knight written all over it, or at least if he doesn't win, we'll be the last one against whoever wins. And that can kind of spin off into something because. I mean, the guy's been hotter than fish grease, as JCB would say, and you know they haven't really put him in a big program yet. But gotta think that's yeah. coming. So, I mean, I'd be shocked if he either doesn't win or is the last yeah, one. To no, win I agree. Here. So, yeah, should be a fun show. I mean, I'll be working till ten that night, so I don't know if maybe we want to try and watch it Sunday, perhaps. E- either, or either, we'll, either works we'll for me. I could. Out.
0: Do it later that night, or we could do it Sunday, just kind of whatever floats your boat, my friend. Oh, yeah. Looking us, forward to it. This is a fun
1: one. And yeah, you got anything else to mm. take us home? Maybe there's a
0: bear outside my window. Who knows? Maybe.
1: Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. <laughs>